legend and legacy. Patrick LeVon Mahomes has a chance to add to both against the Niners defense in the Super Bowl. Let's talk about it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. Welcome in to a live edition of the Casey Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank, member FDIC, and it just so happens to be part two of our Super Bowl preview. Getting kind of used to this here in Kansas City. Very excited to be joined by my dear pals, Maddie Lane, Craig Stout. Matthew, so close, man. We're only a few days from this thing finally happening. You say so close, but yet it feels like it's a long way away, and I am ready I am ready for this game. I'm ready to watch it. I'm super excited for it. But this two-week break in before the Super Bowl, it it seems to last longer and longer every single year, Craig. Yeah, it's really rough being in the Super Bowl every year and having to wait two weeks, Maddie. I'm with you. And <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to watch my team continue to play football into January, you know, late January, early February. I, just a small tangent here. Did you guys watch the Drew Tranquil mic'd up video? How endearing is it for him to be sitting there in all of that? Just be like, I've never played football in February before. <laughs> it's like, yeah, hey, guess what, buddy? Welcome in, man. It's, it's everything, of, everything about that segment was hilarious to me. So. It, was, it was terrific, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, don't take, I mean, yeah, don't take it for granted, man. Nobody take this for granted. I know, like, that's it's kind of fun to have a few guys like that on this team that maybe haven't gotten to experience this, you know, and uh, Drew Tranquil is one of them. There's plenty of Super Bowl experience on this team, right? Like there still is, uh, but it's always fun to have a little bit of, a little bit of fresh blood. And uh, I like, I like Drew Tranquil uh, being, being one of those guys. There's a few of them, but, and obviously the rookies. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about the offensive side of the ball today. Uh, is there anything you guys want to get out of the way before we get to down the rabbit hole of that? Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's been a lot that's happened, you know. Uh, sorry we were a minute late. The fire alarm got pulled uh, in in uh, Maddie's house. Kent. <clears throat> Kent, hang on. No, no, no. We are Chiefs fans. We don't make excuses oh. for this. We just line up and got it. play the podcast. My bad. Okay. Apologies. Um, no, but seriously, anything, anything that's popped up just before we, we move on. Let's lead off with Rasheed Rice. Uh, for those who are unaware, you know, was limited pra- uh, participant in practice today with quote unquote ankles. Um, one of those ankles was, they were already giving him treatment for, and he got stepped on today in practice on the other one. So yeah, Andy Reid has said, you know, he just got stepped on, not a big deal. So everybody can kind of exhale after that initial injury report where it was like wait what hang on no it's okay so, so i get i read the report and it says ankles yeah ankles it was having trouble i was a little concerned ankles multiple plural but you only have two of them and so i was a little anxious and like nervous because like there's so much good i i think that's like that's kind of what i want to talk about is just like I love I love the vibe of this team. I love the reports we hear, you know, coming from James Palmer, who's there kind of covering the Chiefs. Um I just I I I I feel good, right? There's not a lot of things that are gonna that are giving me too much anxiety. This is obviously a very good football team that the Chiefs are about to play. But I the the vibes are still high like they were when we were talking Monday. We all felt really good about how things were going, right? We like nothing's changed that. Just more excuses from the San Francisco 40 winers and everything except for this little bump in the road here with Rasheed Rice getting stepped on has been largely positive. Oh man, I, the stuff you hear about Spags, the stuff you hear about how organized, how prepared. The Justin Reed says this team's ready to roll out today. Talk about defense again. I, I'm I, so excited. We're gonna do oh, defense twice this no, week. That's not happening. No, but late with lies. <laughs> Late week vibes sound very, very good. Um, I, I, vibes are still very good. We, we've gotten deeper into the week now, and the 49ers calmed down. They're crying. The 40 winers stopped crying as much as the week's gone on. Um, and it's become a little bit more about football, and I, they are probably locking in. 
you know, it sounds like they, they are probably getting ready for practice. It sounds like they had some padded practices and stuff. So I'm sure they are trying to gear down a little bit later on than where the Chiefs seem like they were locked in a little earlier. Vibes are still good, but we've got like that process. Again, two weeks is a long time. Now, it's not second guessing, but now it's been going long enough that I'm starting to poke holes and find all of the areas that I think the, the 49ers have a matchup advantage. So now, you know, not saying again that this is like a, oh no, the Chiefs are in trouble, but it's like, it seems a lot closer. If you would ask me on Monday, like, oh, Chiefs easy. Now it's just, ah, I think the Chiefs are definitely in a better spot. It's just, I think you can find, the more you look, ways for the 49ers to also control this game, whereas mm-hmm. earlier in the week, I didn't see that as, uh, as clearly. Well, sure. oh, go Greg. But I, I, well, I, I, I don't, I don't have any lack of confidence. As it's got a lot of, maybe, even more, and I think seeing how they locked it, Chiefs decided to practice outside in the rain with pads. Uh, you know, earlier this week, they're playing inside in a dome. They 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 decided, you know what, we're going to go out, we're going to hit a little bit. We wanted a padded practice. Travis Kelsey said after today's practice, yeah, there was some fighting. We were getting after each other a little. Yeah, this is not like, hey, we're just going to take it easy and enjoy our time here. It is laser focused on the Chiefs side. Yes, I agree with Maddie. It's gotten a little more locked in for the 49ers, but there is a stark difference between how both of these teams are handling things, how both of these teams are practicing, how both of these teams are publicly displaying what they are doing and how they are ready for this. And I just, you know, it looks like the Chiefs are a lot more locked in. And prepared and experienced and, I mean, all of The experience. No, that's a big part. I think it, it, it was shocking when you watch... Brock Purdy, you know, they did the, they had the quarterbacks up at the NFL media mm-hmm. day and Brock Purdy's taking it all in. And I'm not saying he did anything wrong or bad, but he was clearly taking it all in, talking about the moment and stuff like that. And you could see like, not a deer in headlights, but he was very clearly kind of like, this is a crazy situation. It doesn't matter, you know, like how you got here, all this stuff, saying all the right things that this underdog who's in the spotlight says. And Patrick Mahomes is just kind of in the background, just kind of smirking, just smirking and just kind of smiling with the like, hmm. Okay, this is this is where your mindset is right now, right? And it's just, I do think there's difference there. And obviously, that doesn't translate to anything tangible on the field once the whistles blow. But the preparation, the lead up to it, I do think the teams have definitely not had different approaches, but had definitely different results. Well, and I kind of wonder, you know, Shady seemed a little loose at the press conference uh, on all of it. opening night <laughs> and... You know, we've seen like the 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 Niners have not been as careful with their words. They've not been like to you know, they're not the Bengals, um, but they've been a little bit less loose with their words the way the Chiefs have. And I, you know, I wonder. There, we're gonna find out the aftermath of all this because we're saying all these things that are very intangible and they may not matter at all, <laughs> right? Um, but we might walk. We might walk out of this. Uh, and look, you know, kind of look at, you know, the the aftermath of how each team approached things. And maybe Shanny's overcorrecting, you know, maybe there's a chance Shanny's overcorrecting for how he and he approached the Super Bowl the last time he was here. You know, maybe there's a little bit of that. Maybe he, you know, he's trying to pull from his from his past to try to see how to better prepare his team for this game. And so obviously I don't think, you know, I don't think that the Niners are unprepared. I think they're approaching it differently. I think they're not as seasoned and experienced as the Chiefs are, and it's been four years since Shaney's been here, uh, and it, most of that roster hasn't been here. A lot of have been here two more times since that four years ago, yeah. and are now back in it. Yeah, it does matter, kid. Yeah, and so we've talked about you know we've talked about the we've talked about the you know the way that this team has handled the playoffs, the entirety of the playoffs, and it's just been so impressive. So, uh. We'll see. We'll see if any of it matters. Let's get to the offensive side of the ball. Maddie, you were talking about ways that this the, the the Niners could have an advantage. And I've seen some comments, I've seen some articles talking about the Niners defensive line. And by the way, this is our offensive side of the preview. Defensive side was early in the week, so we're just going to be focusing entirely on the offense. This is exactly how I prefer it. Um there's been some articles just talking about the defensive line and, and Steve Wilkes saying he was embarrassed by the performance that this defense put on the field. There's been some really low lights from some of the performances of a Chase Young, you know, lacking in pursuit in the run game. You know, this is still a very talented defensive line. And I think one thing I think about with this game is 
if they do crank it up a notch, if they do turn it up a level, if there is more in the tank for some of these guys, if there's another level they're able to to take it, which I don't know why it didn't manifest itself in the NFC, NFC Championship game. I think it's insane that some of these guys were putting some of the effort that they had. But I I think there's a there's a lot of talent on this defensive line still, and I think that's one thing I'm just you know very attuned to is, you know there's there's guys that we've seen do it have a lot of success and guys that can crank it up a little bit. I I think that the the defensive line's good. It could be great on Sunday. Yeah, I don't I don't think the 49ers offensive line. It's just a matter of flipping a switch to trying harder. Like that will obviously help. And like I don't think that their effort has been good that down the stretcher, especially here in the playoffs. But I I don't think it's a matter of just flipping a switch to trying harder. I just think it's a very good defensive line. But I think it still gets talked about like it's that 2019 defensive line that went up against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And it's not that it's not that good. They have very good players, but. I mean, Chase Young's never been what everybody thought he was going to be up to this point in the NFL. Right. So like, yeah, he was a fun addition for them dealing with their other stuff, but he's not a good starting defensive end. He's just a normal starting defensive end that just looks like he should be a star. And Javon Hargrave is very good, but he's getting a little bit older. He's maybe not as stout as he once was against the run. He's still a good pass rusher, but it still needs a good, you know, he needs like a, an advantageous matchup or position to really, you know, dominate a game. Eric Armstead is it's like so just it's a lot of guys whose name power is really big but their performance on the field is only good instead of great and I think the problem is the way they run this defensive line it kind of pretends like they're all Nick Bosa it kind of pretends like they all are going <laughs> to take over the game at any moment in time and not just one guy they kind of just go out there and like hey we're really only going to blitz on third and long hey we're really only going to stunt if it's you know third and really long that's the only time we're going to add any help to this pass rush is if it's third and long, everything else, we're just going to let these four guys go and see if you can block them. And by see if you can block them, I mean, do you have an answer for Nick Bosa? Because if you do, we might be in trouble. If you don't, we're probably going to dominate this game as you try to scramble and figure it out. Yeah, when I watch this, and I like Steve Wilkes. Like, I I like him uh, as a coach. He's bounced around a lot, though. It's not like he's known for just being this kind of superstar stud head coach that's coming up with these great plans and all of that. So that fits right in line with Matt, what Maddie's saying. It's one of those, it's like, oh, you guys go out and win some one-on-ones. You guys go out and do this. You guys go out and dominate. And while Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave are both top 15 in pressure rate amongst defensive tackles, that's a lot easier to handle. Because again, top 15, very good. Not one of those where you're like, wow, they're going to wreck things like Justin Matauki did on the inside. So, yes, Nick Allegretti's there. You know, obviously a big step down from Joe Tooney, who looks like he won't be playing. But I feel like the Chiefs could shift things around in there enough on the inside. So, as long as you handle Nick Bosa, which the last time these two teams played in 2022, Andy Reid put on a master class on how to, do, how to take Nick Bosa away from that game jet motions it was a lot of stuff that was going to Bosa's sides a lot of play action boots that are leaving him unblocked his head was spinning McCole Hardman had three touchdowns in that game and it was a lot of jet motion with a lot of stuff that forced Nick Bosa home and then on some of those situations where it looked like the Chiefs are going to pass they would just let Bosa get all the way upfield and have somebody leak out right behind him made for some easier plays for the Chiefs. So that was with a better defensive coordinator. That was with a better organized and better structured defense than this one is. If they're just going to say, hey, Nick, go out there and tee off. Hey, Nick, here are the Chiefs' tendencies. Just play off of that. I actually really like the Chiefs' ability to defend against what he can bring to the table on offense here, specifically with what Andy Reid's going to put on his plate. I think they can take him away enough to where he can't just line up and break this game. I mean, he's certainly capable of it. Don't get me wrong, but where he's just not going to be able to line up and tee off and break this game. And if you handle him, I actually like the lineup a lot. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. kcsn.substack.com 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thank you all for hanging out with us on a Super Bowl preview edition of the KC Laboratory. Just got done talking a little bit about the defensive line for this team. Maddie, I, I want to continue. Like, this can be an opportunity for you to continue to talk about what you want on the defensive line or whatever. But like you said, you've been kind of slowly poking more holes into how the Niners could wind up beating this football team and I want you to tell me defensively what's the thing that you're seeing or poking a hole in now that you feel could be the biggest game record for the Chiefs is it just Nick Bosa is it just simply not being able to not block Nick Bosa or is it something else and you're muted so it's predominantly Nick Bosa it's more offensively for the 49ers that I think can get the Chiefs than it is their defense. Um, I think that their defense is it's good, but again, I think it's a lot of star names that haven't produced a ton together. So if their defense is to slow down or really stop the Chiefs, yeah, the defense it starts with the defensive line, which starts with Nick Bosa, as we talked about. But more so, it's just they rush for, they drop a lot of guys into zone coverage, and they play everything top down. They give you everything underneath. They attack it aggressively. But they they do drive. They just play a bunch of zone, not soft zone. They don't give up explosives. They just like to keep everything in front of them. That's what's given the Chiefs trouble this year, right? Patrick Mahomes has been pretty bad this year against teams that rush for and, and drop guys into coverage and just play zone. That's where he's thrown ten interceptions to two touchdowns. Like it has not been the best for him. And even down the stretch, it got better in the latter half of the year, but it still wasn't resulting in touchdowns. It was still mostly just you know more. It was still more interceptions and touchdowns in the back half of the year while the efficiency did improve. So, like, there is reason to be hopeful for that. It's just the type of defense the 49ers have played this year is what's given the Chiefs problems. Now, I will say, this is also exactly what the Chiefs destroyed last year. This exact type of defense is what the Chiefs went up and down the field and played a perfect half of football against the Philadelphia Eagles. Same general concept, right? So, like, you don't have to go that far back to find the Chiefs beating this kind of defense, and I think that they are structurally designed to throw the ball short, let guys create yards after the catch, just keep possession of the ball, control it, take what's being given to them. It's just this year, especially in the first half of the year, they really struggled with that, and that's what the 49ers like to do on that side. It is. And the 49ers, especially earlier in the year, you know, had some more success. I think people are going to look at this 49ers team and say, oh, wow, they were third in points per game in the entire NFL. That's really good. It's not been the same over the past six weeks. Going back the last six weeks, which is really only five games of 49ers because they got a first round bye here. 
49ers are 23rd in the entire NFL on defense in EPA per play and 26th in, you know, success rate. Like they are allowing teams to stay ahead of the chains. They are allowing teams to continue and sustain drives here at the end of the year. For those keeping track, yes, obviously, two playoff games that they got to play against you know, the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers, two good offenses. Uh, the game in Week 18 was against the Los Angeles Rams. Again, a pretty good offense. The Washington Commanders, not a good offense. And the Baltimore Ravens, a good offense. The Chiefs in the playoffs, have kind of been a good offense. I don't know that I'm ready to say, you know, hey, they've been great or anything like that, but they've been much better and have had tailored game scripts to try and beat things. That softer zone defense may have, not softer, sorry, that zone defense may have given the Chiefs fits so far this year, but it's also where two of their best players have thrived in Travis Kelsey and Rushy Rice. And so, this is one of those scenarios that I think if the 49ers were ready to come out and play a whole bunch of man against the Kansas City Chiefs offense and they were going to bracket Travis Kelsey, I might be a little worried about where the Chiefs could come up with space, where they could come up with concepts. It would be more on Andy for those sorts of things. Whereas I think that even with a four-man rush, if Patrick Mahomes is having to hold on to the ball a little bit longer, he's having to evaluate this sort of stuff, that's where Kelsey, that's where Rice really find success, finding that open space in the zone, finding those little gaps and getting open. And so I think it's there. And again, as the season has gone along, as the 49ers have played throughout the season, teams have started to slowly kind of figure out Steve Wilkes' defense a little bit more here and there. Now the 49ers turn the ball over a lot or turn the other team over a lot. And that has prevented a lot of scoring out of the opposition so far. But sustained drives are the key. When we think back on the Kansas City Chiefs, their offenses, performances that are their worst, you look at some of those games and it's one for 12 on third down. It's not being able to you know do anything. Three and out after three and out after three and out and consistently putting the ball on the defense. You want to tell me now all of a sudden, simply because the 49ers are a little more basic, they're playing a little more just zone and things that can be defeated, giving up these, you know, plays that can stay ahead of the sticks, I actually feel pretty confident in the Chiefs being able to sustain drives, continue to get down the field, and then get into the red zone where the 49ers are actually really good on defense there. Well, you know, and like we look at, you know, talking about all that, right? The Chiefs started out hot against the Baltimore Ravens. They put two touchdowns on the board, early two drives, long sustained drives, really fantastic like two of the best drives of their entire season, some remarkable play from both, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, just doing some really special stuff. And then they just stalled out over the course of the rest of the game. But the things that they didn't do, they didn't turn the football over. They, you know, they they played some field position stuff. The Chiefs, I like thinking about like just how the sustained drive has to play out. They have to, they have to, put sustained drives together again. They have to start fast and they have to protect the football the same, but they have to have some steam into the second half, you know, because like they did some really good things to help them win that football game offensively, especially putting points on the board early, but seven, I don't think 17 is going to be enough to win this football game. I just don't. And I know that they were conservative for a big stretch of that game, but they've, they've got to be able to find success beyond just you know, the two first possessions of the game if they're going to try to win this football game. And I think the big thing is like the 49ers defense doesn't change that much. It's so static. They're the most static defense in the entire league, right? Yep. So you would not anticipate Andy Reid coming out with a great opening game script and then I don't want to say getting completely fooled and I don't want to say completely hanging it up, but a mixture of both, right? I think the Chiefs got very conservative in the second half once they had that lead. And I also think the Ravens were doing a lot to not confuse them, but to make it very difficult on the Chiefs. And the Chiefs didn't want to try to beat this very good defense, doing a lot of really good stuff with their defensive fronts and their rotations because it might risk, you know, giving them a turnover or giving them good field position. So you don't have to worry about that with, with the 49ers. They're actually relatively predictable and their coverage is too. It's going to be a ton of single high. Chiefs played a ton of single high. They saw a ton of single high from Miami. And I know 
the touchdown conversion wasn't great, but we got to remember the conditions of that game. There was a lot of guys open deep that were just, okay, there's a lot of McCole Hardman open deep that was just <laughs> missed for a single high. They were running a lot of follow with a lot of double posts. They were doing a lot. They were getting guys open deep. And I know Miami had a lot of injuries. Their secondary was not where the injuries were. So the Chiefs had some answers for the single high stuff. The 49ers are going to give you a ton of single high on early downs, especially if it's second and long, first and 10. They're going to give you a ton of single high looks. Yeah, they on third downs, they start mixing it up a little bit. That's where they will start to play more quarters and stuff like that. So that's where they maybe start changing things up. But they're a relatively predictable defense across the board. I think Andy Reid probably, if he starts hot, they probably stay hot. If he starts cold because the 49ers change some stuff up, maybe the Chiefs aren't executing super well, I do think they will be able to transition. They'll be able to get out of that funk just because it's not like the 49ers are going to come out, I don't think, with a completely different game plan that you're not expecting. I don't, and you don't have a Kyle Hamilton that is just being an eraser on the back end. Well, they do kind of have a guy like that. His name's Fred Warner. Yes, yeah, we're we're going to get to him, but like, I, I love Fred Warner. And he could have a massive impact in this game. Kyle Hamilton almost single-handedly saved probably five plays for the Chiefs that it was one-on-one with Kyle Hamilton in space against somebody, and he was able to erase that. Part of the reason why the San Francisco 49ers play so much single high, especially on early downs, especially as of late, is because they are terrible against the run as of late. They can't get things right. They are 31st in run success rate on defense. Like, they are awful over the past six weeks. They cannot get out of their own ways. And so you're able to line up, even with them in single high, and still have success. So an Isaiah Pacheco day might be on the offering. Even Clyde Edwards-Elair, I know he popped up on the injury report. There may be some opportunities there for him to get some things going. They are going to try and stack the box because they need to stay ahead of the sticks on those early downs because they are so terrible against the run. They're in second and five. The Chiefs should run it almost every single down. They absolutely should. The 49ers right now for the season are giving up six yards of play on second and medium right now. That is a That's a situation where you get them into that one, line up, run the ball, feel good about what you can do because they've struggled to stop it. Conversely, when you do get to those third and longs, they do like to mix things up a little bit. Guess what? Over that same six-week time period with all those teams that I just mentioned there, they are dead last in success rate when a team throws against them on third down. Dead last. We have been, I, I think we've just been inflating this San Francisco 49ers defense a little bit too much. And I think that a lot of their success happened early in the season before teams were able to settle in and dial in on what Steve Wilkes was doing. And I think we are starting to see some of that. Now you want to tell me that Andy Reid's had two weeks to sit there and look at what's happened there. These sorts of things go in the chief favor on offense. So again, I think they're going to sustain drives. I really do think they're going to sustain drives. It's about putting points on the board once you get Well, and you look at like the Lions, you know, the Lions made some aggressive fourth to fourth down decisions that you know they were moving the football and made me you know some aggressive decisions that didn't pan out for them I mean we've seen the Ravens hang a bajillion points on this team like I do think that this I do think this team can get got Maddie you made a point earlier about uh you know maybe starting slow and being able to figure some things out Chiefs started slow the last Super Bowl I mean they 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 started slow the last Super Bowl and they kind of finally figured some stuff out and got hot late in the game. You know, it wasn't like the it wasn't the prettiest thing. They stalled out for a good stretch of that football game. And then they came back around and put a lot of points on the board, put 31 points on the board. So, um, yeah, I do feel some some confidence there in that. Uh, uh, let's see here. Looking for a Super Bowl or a super offer for Super Bowl 58. That's better. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. All those sweet, sweet prop bets that you have available for you on DraftKings. You can still bet the Chiefs at plus money right now. There's a lot to take advantage of. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code KCSN. 
the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. kcsn.substack.com. Thanks again, everybody, hanging out with us, getting you ready for Chiefs Niners in the Super Bowl on Sunday. Like we never left. It's just like the first time, these first Super Bowl of our life and of the Mahomes era. Um, Maddie, I want to, I, I know we spent a lot of different things. I have one thing I know I want to touch on at some point, but I want to give you an opportunity here. What, 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 did, what have we missed to this point in this show that you're ready to talk about? Craig mentioned it, but I don't think we've talked enough about the Chiefs' run game, and I think that's going to be a huge part of what you have to do. Then he was right. The 49ers' defense is bad versus the run, and the Chiefs haven't been a great running team this year, right? They've actually been relatively poor at it, but if you kind of look from Week 12 on when the the Chiefs' starters play, so I'm just removing Week 18 when it wasn't the starters, the Chiefs are top 11, both in EPA per rush and success rate. Not great, but good enough. And then you go look at a 49ers' defense that has not been good over that same stretch, especially when you get into the playoffs, like there's definitely some room to be had there. So why? Why is there Why are they so bad versus the run despite having two amazing linebackers, four really good defensive linemen? Why do they stink so bad? Well, we talk about a lot. The Chiefs want to move around their fronts. They get guys mugging the line. They go to five down linemen against the run. 49ers don't do that. They're going to put four guys down the line of scrimmage and they're going to have their linebackers playing at a traditional depth and they're going to say, we'll figure it out from here. So you saw it against the Lions and the Packers, pin and pull. The, the 49ers saw more pin and pull outside kind of runs than any other team this year, and they're terrible at defending it. Nick Bosa, Chase Young, whoever they put out there is easily getting pinned. They're getting too far upfield and letting the ball get outside of them, and then it's making it easy for t- guys to get up to the second level and cut off those great linebackers. So that's right away one thing to do. Chiefs don't love a pin and pull run. That's also not something they do a ton. They've shown it, but they don't do it a ton. But what else you get when you have four down linemen you never change, especially against heavier personnel? You get big bubbles right there between your D tackles and your D ends. And that's a lot of double teams. And the Chiefs have been running between the tackles a lot better here down the stretch. So it's just, I think there's a lot of different stuff the Chiefs can do in the run game, especially if they are going to go into 12 personnel, which they've been kicking it up. The, the 49ers do not want to play heavy. They want to play a light box. They want to play at a nickel. They are going to give you the opportunity to run the Chiefs better take it. Like, they did last year against the Eagles. Even when they were losing, they ran the ball because they got good looks. I think that's going to be here in this game. There's going to be bubbles for these inside zone runs. They can do a lot of different stuff, like getting back to their power, their counter. I think it's already in the 49ers' head, some of the stuff that Chiefs throw out there. Eric Armstead talked about it on media night. Like, hey, the Chiefs run inside zone to the same side as the running back. That's not normal. We have to know how to attack that because it changes the angles. They're already thinking about it, but if they don't change their defensive front, I don't know if it's going to matter for those double teams up front versus a defensive line that struggled. You ask any defensive coach that's trying to defend a modern kind of spread offense, and what are they going to say? You got to take care of the open B gap. You got to take care of the bubble. And that's what Maddie's referring to right there. It doesn't matter which side of the field it's on. I know that Joe Tooney's not in this game. I'm more worried about Nick Allegretti against the pass than I am against the run. Nick Allegretti is fantastic climbing to the second level, trying to eliminate a linebacker. So is Trey Smith. These guys getting on the move, comboing and climbing up to a Fred Warner or a Dre Greenlaw and just telling Isaiah Pacheco, hey, that B-gap's going to be open for you all game long, buddy. Go go take four and meet a safety, you know, at the second level, and you know we'll we'll feel pretty good about where you where you are there. That also opens up so much of the RPO game that we haven't seen a ton of this year. You can run that sort of stuff. You can play off of that inside zone. We talk about it all the time. Why Andy Reid loves inside zone so much? 
it gets into the RPO game. It gets into some of what he can do to manipulate the second level to try and take the you know the pass rush out of the game by getting the ball out quickly and running the ball more. Those are all things that you want to do against the San Francisco 49ers defense. You've got Rasheed Rice on a quick slant with Isaiah Pacheco as another option. You're reading Fred Warner. And if you feel good about it, you're putting Rasheed Rice into space against the zone defense. That's awesome. That's exactly what you want to do there. So it does. Again, yet another thing that I look at here that plays into what the Chiefs do and what they have done before. They haven't done a ton of the RPO stuff this year yet, but it's there and it's well, it's all installed. So I, I expect that we're going to see a little bit more of it, Kim. We haven't seen as much middle field RPO. Like, and yeah. so like we can, they'll, you know, they'll work a lot of stuff out to the flash. They'll get some stuff out there. They'll give them some of those options, but it's true reading second level defenders, like, committing to the run game and trying to pop something behind them. They haven't really got into that bag much at all. It's been leverage. It's been box count, some of that kind of stuff more than, you know, more than just like a true, like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to read this one guy and kind of play that out and try to pop a, a glance over the middle of the field. We haven't seen those. And frankly, this team hasn't been great at that. When this offense was struggling, they were, ha they were trying to pop those glances. They kind of eliminated those from the game plan. But this actually might be the perfect time to get, introduce those back into the gameplay. Rasheed Rice, it could be one of those story arcs, right? Where, you know, maybe it was a little timidity, a little bit struggling and catching the football in some of those moments early in the season. We're watching him in the preseason game trying to catch one of those and dropping them. And we're making that. And then the storyline goes from, well, man, you know, it's just crazy to think about how Rasheed Rice struggled to catch some of those. And then we see him do it in the Super Bowl. You know, like that's one of those kind of storylines I think you definitely could see. This you're I think it's a great thought. This could be one of those games that you try to see them maybe try to hit something there behind that second level group. Um you're ready to jump in, but I had another thought. But go ahead, Matty. Yeah, I'll just say quick, just tag along to the, the run game too. Is this where you get into play action a lot more? And while the Niners have been they're pretty good against it because they have Fred Warner, guy we already mentioned, right? He does he races a lot of play action stuff, but what Fred Warner does, it, he's excellent, but you're going to run play action to one side or the other. He's going to attack it. He's going to realize it's play action, and he's going to, instead of just full turning out and turning his back to the ball and running out, he's going to face the direction of the run and shuffle out because he's that athletic and good at reading crossers. But when you shuffle out, your back's facing the other way. So traditionally, when you run play action, you want to have a cross that works away from the run action. That's just the traditional idea. Fred Warner is susceptible if you have a cross coming to the side of the run. He has been beaten a couple times this year because his back's just to it. So, like, that is something to keep an eye on. I'm sure the Chiefs have seen it, too. So, have just kind of an eye out instead of always seeing a guy trying to cross away from the run action. Look for somebody to follow it because the, the 49ers linebackers, specifically Warner, will miss it. And so much of that defense is predicated on him being perfect. So much about their defense is 54 races, everything in the middle of the field that sometimes other safeties and other linebackers are late to react to stuff that they shouldn't be. So great player. You get the run game working. I do think there is some susceptibility to that and they get so much depth once they read its pass. There's a lot of open space underneath how deep those linebackers drop, especially off play action. And the Chiefs are able to get into their bag in some of these concepts too, right? So they, they, it's, it, I've heard it called like a zone pass concept where you're showing play action and you're maybe showing a, a, a flash of a boot, like you're going to be running some kind of boot or you're trying to influence. And then you're just throwing a front side concept, same direction as the play action. The Chiefs have some of those. The Chiefs also have a tight end that's really good at kind of manipulating those middle level defenders, right? That we see every time we saw it against the Ravens. We saw it in the Super Bowl against the Eagles. We see it a bajillion times. The Chiefs pick their spots to kind of say, all right, we're going to throw this back front side. We're going to make it look like we're running across. So we're looking like we're running right back at you. And we're going to pop Travis Kelsey running on that. Now the Niners are going to be a little bit more prepared for that because they've started to see it a few more times. But um, I really, I do think that the Chiefs are kind of going to be able to get in their bag with some of the diversity and stuff. It kind of ties to what I wanted to come back to real quick. And I'll, I'll point to the run game and it'll tie to this. It'll tie to, you know, Fred Warner too, a little bit, I think to some degree too. Um, but we'll start with up front. A diversified run game. Like, I don't think the Chiefs, I don't think the Chiefs are gonna put Joey Bosa in a blender the same way they did the last two times. Uh, or Nick Bosa. I'd keep doing that. Uh, I don't think they're gonna put Nick Bosa in a blender the same way that they did last time. Because the Niners are gonna be prepared for that. 
the Chiefs showed themselves in a in, in a big way. Um, you, you just what the volume that they threw at him, um, in so many different ways. But a diversified run game gives him a lot on his plate. Still, it can still give him a lot on his plate. And so if the Chiefs can mix and match in the run game and just kind of throw a lot of different stuff at not only him, but Fred Warner and the rest of that defensive front, I think good things will happen. I think I do think, you know, the Chiefs have to find ways to put a lot on the plate of that group. And it can't be identical. It can't be the blueprint from the last time that these two teams played. They got to get creative in how they do it. Run game paired with the play action. I think that's I think that's a sound formula for how this team can approach it. Sorry, Craig. I know I jumped I jumped the line a little bit, but no, no, you're good. That's that's all very positive things. And yeah, it again, it, it's about making sure that Nick Bosa and Fred Warner are accounted for at all times. Patrick even said it's like, hey, listen, 54 is the engine. We got to know where he is at all times. And you know, typically you hear that about offensive players you know guys are like oh we got to keep an eye on Travis Kelsey we got to keep an eye on Tyreek Hill make sure that he doesn't get free Fred Warner is just that kind of guy we have seen it with Patrick Mahomes against specifically Patrick Mahomes a guy that'll sink under something and not be where Patrick expects him to be and being able to come up with a pick or a big play or something like that the difference in this team versus some of those others and we kind of alluded to it with the you know defensive line I love Dre Greenlaw. He's a good football player. He's a really good football player. He's not Fred Warner. He's just good. This secondary, you got Oren Brooks. If you if you're you know kind of keeping him in heavy personnel, the other linebacker. Burks. Yeah, Burks. Thank you, Burks. Charvarius Ward, first team All Pro. Love Charvarius, and he's been really good for them this year. The Chiefs have kind of found ways to hide the guys that they want. Hide Rasheed Rice. Hide Travis Kelsey. You know, if, you know, Charverius Ward wants to go and run with Marquez Valdez-Scantling all day long, that that's fine. That's what they kind of did to Jalen Ramsey. They got these looks that just put their best corner on a guy that they were like, hey, we're running clear outs. We're doing all of this. Have fun with that. Jair Brown, Tashawn Gibson, Diamador Lador. These guys are not like superstars by any means. And so... You look at this defense, and as long as you take care of Nick Bosa and you take care of Fred Warner, you know where those guys are, you try and have a game plan that accounts for them, the rest of these guys, outside of Charveris Ward, again, run them off there with MVS, the rest of these guys are gettable by this Chiefs offense and with this scheme and with the kind of static defense that they're going to play and the looks that they're going to give in the run game. And that's why I keep coming back to the confidence here because the Chiefs, time and time again this season, the games they lost, weren't because the defense didn't have an answer. It wasn't ever because the defense didn't have an answer. It was always because the offense didn't have an answer. I think the Chiefs defense is going to come up with enough stops here. It's about the offense taking advantage of this. And when you've got Andy Reid being able to single out a couple of guys and say, hey, we just got to make sure we take care of them. The rest of it will sort itself out within the scheme that we already run and we're already good at. I feel really, really good about the offense putting up some points in this one. I'm just really proud of you say for saying Diamador Nor correctly. It's because it's because I had to write him up for the draft guide, so I had to hear it enough that. times that it it eventually beat its head. Beat his wrote up, I think he wrote up Warren Books Burks back in the day, but I I believe he was just on the outside mm-hmm. of. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with Craig. I do think the Chiefs will come out and find answers, and if whether they have him to start the game or not, like that's where you feel really good about like this offense, right? It's you're looking if you start looking at like the coaching matchups here and just you know even removing just offense and defense, Kyle Shannon versus Steve Spagnuolo, you know, that's a wash, right? That's two really good guys going head to head. that's going to go back and forth. Andy Reid versus Steve Wilkes, though, like, oh boy, and then, like, yeah, I get it. There's really good pieces on that on that team. You know, Charvarius Ward's playing great on the outside. Lenore's actually been very good since they moved him back to the yeah. slot. Ambry Thomas, giant target on his back anytime he has to come on the field. Yeah, the third corner there, obviously. Like Fred Warner, great. Like they have really good players, but like Patrick Mahomes exists, right? So like you're never at any point in time going to say the opposing defense has more talent than the Chiefs offense does on the field as long as Mahomes and Kelsey play. And then now it's just, oh, Andy Reid with two weeks dialing up plays to beat Steve Wilkes. Like if that's what this comes down to in terms of the Chiefs offense scoring or who wins this game, like 
bet the house on Andy Reid for that, right? Yeah. Something pretty crazy, I think, has to happen for the 49ers defense to just come out and completely stump this Chiefs offense. Now, I say that we went 16 weeks of this year with a lot of teams being able to stump the Chiefs offense. <laughs> there is no guarantee they don't fall back into that same trap. I Absolutely. don't think they will. There's just no guarantee they'll fall back into that trap. They seem more focused. I think the offensive line, we haven't really talked about them much, has been playing a lot better. I think both tackles are playing their best ball right now. Trey Smith is by far playing his best ball right now. I think Creed has been better. Nick Allegretti is playing like So the offensive line's playing good. I think as long as you have that with Pacheco healthy into this game, I think you can at least have a baseline of sustained offense versus this defense. And that just allows Andy Reid, Mahomes, Kelsey to do their thing versus a defense that I think is very gettable for their style of play. Because the Chiefs aren't hunting for explosives. The 49ers are the best team in the NFL at stopping explosive plays on defense. That's what their defense does. They stop explosive. This Chiefs office doesn't need them. We freak out when they have two in a game because it's been so rare this year, right? So they, they're not getting them. They don't need them to have a functioning offense. That's why I think you have to have confidence in the Chiefs offense at the very least will put up points. I continue to maintain and it's it's all gonna come back it's all gonna come down to turnovers and ball security I genuinely believe that like I've pointed to it multiple times but this team you know has forced a lot of long sustained drives and has been very aggressive in trying to get the ball out trying to make plays on the football trying to force turnovers that's the I think that's the ultimate factor like if the, if they're gonna be content to take with the you know give the Chiefs you know some easy completions give you know force them to drive you know, down the field, I think if, if the Chiefs don't turn the ball over, good things are going to happen. And that's been the, that's been the case for the entire season. Like we point to these huge, crucial mistakes, these big turnovers, these drops, when they eliminated those, they became the best team in football. And that's what they've been in recent memory. So it's just like, I know it's dumb to know oh, turnovers, but it's true. All those things we said are true. There's a lot of ways that this team can attack the, the Niners. There's a lot of ways that this team can, you know, can sustain drives. They can run the football. They're going to get some opportunities and some easy completions available to them. Just don't turn the ball over. Don't turn the ball over. They're going to win the Super Bowl. All right. So, obviously, this is a big game, uh, the biggest game. And there's a lot of there's a lot of prop bets available. There's a lot of bets out there. We thought we'd throw a few of our favorite ones out there. So, Craig, why don't you kick us off? Give us your favorite bet. I kind of spoiled this one a little bit earlier in the week, but I'm sticking with it because the value has not changed. Chris Jones, Super Bowl MVP, is plus 10,000 right now. And I realized how hard it is for a defender to win Super Bowl MVP. And again, I made my case a little bit on Monday, but the NFL is probably a little tired of giving Patrick Mahomes the Super Bowl MVP. They want a break. They did it with Tom Brady, too. You know, it's one of those, it's like, all right, Tom, you, you've you been doing really well. Let's give it to one of your receivers. Let's give Deion Branch win it? Yeah, it's it's one of those things that they, they look for avenues to not just consistently give it to the same people. Mahomes has two already. So the NFL doesn't really want to give it to him. They're going to be looking for other guys to make an impact. I think Chris Jones is going to get one-on-ones a lot in this game and that Joe Cole and Steve Spagnuolo are going to basically put a masterclass on there and give him the opportunity to go out and make plays. I think Chris Jones gets multiple sacks in this game. He could get a strip sack in this game that would all but ice it if the Chiefs defense does not allow a whole bunch of points. This is one of those Chiefs defense has carried them for most of the year and it might be more of a quote-unquote legacy thing but if the Chiefs defense shows up in a big way and limits this 49ers offense and the Chiefs go ahead and win and Chris Jones has a pretty big game, I think that he is just going to be the face of the defense and they are going to turn around and they're going to give it to him kind of like they did first team all pro with him. Chiefs defense was so good. They looked at the defense and said, we, we got to honor some dudes on this defense. Let's throw Chris in there. Let's throw him out there. I think that he has an opportunity to win Super Bowl MVP and the odds are so long that you can't help but put money on that. Okay. I'm going to go with, I think, my favorite, one of my the most fun bets. It's it's new this year. The Super Bowl's fastest offensive ball carrier done by miles per hour thanks to next-gen stats, I would assume. Um, 
I, I I like this one because I think Christian McCaffrey's got the best odds right now to get it. And that makes sense, right? Given who he is, how often this year he's done that. Another good one's Debo Samuel. I think of all the players on here, he's actually recorded the highest miles per hour in the most games this year and throughout his career. But the guy I'm going with at plus 475, Isaiah Pacheco. And there's a reason for it. In both the last two rounds of the playoffs, the fastest offensive ball carrier has been a running back going against the San Francisco 49ers. It was Gibbs and Aaron Jones. It's almost as like a bad run defense that gives up huge bubbles, lets running backs get going downhill early with nothing in their way. So I think Pacheco, who is a very fast player, he has hit over 20 miles per hour multiple times this year, has a chance to rip off a good run. It doesn't have to be super long. Gibbs hit the over 20 miles an hour on a 15-yard run, but it's because you just get to go downhill versus defense some. So I like Isaiah Pacheco to sneak in and be the fastest ball carrier in this game at pretty good odds at plus 475. All right, why don't we just cook up a little parlay here? Okay, I got kids one. Cooking, kids cooking parlays. The rest of us are settling for singular bets here, and Kit's just like, all right, here's my 12-legger. Hey, last game of the year. Can't hold anything back, Greg. <laughs> all right, here's what I got. I got Mahomes. And as of as of uh, a little bit ago, this was plus 1,200 at DraftKings. Mahomes, to over 225 yards. Uh, Chiefs minus two and a half. Isaiah Pacheco and Travis Kelsey anytime touchdowns. Marquez Valdez scaling over 19 and a half. I think that's a pretty, like, if you're trying to picture how the Chiefs are winning this football game, I think those five things are happening. I think Mahomes is going to get the ball in the air for over 225. That's on the lower end of that anyway. I think the Chiefs are winning by a field goal at least. I think the I think if the Chiefs are winning, I think Pacheco's getting in the end zone, and Travis Kelsey's probably getting in the end zone too. And here's the one that I actually I really like standalone too. I like over Marquez Valdez Scantling 19 and a half yards. I know like, you guys pitch. I exactly I know you guys talked about, you know, the the limiting the explosives. Marquez had a big game the last time that these two teams played. I think the Chiefs are still gonna try to take a shot or two down the field. They can hold up. And I think Marquez Valdez Scantling is gonna be the guy that tries to get those opportunities down the field. I don't know if it's going to be McColl. I don't know if McColl got phased out or if it's going to come back and he's if he's going to come back and be a substantial piece of this offense. I don't know. I think Marquez has earned some opportunities here those last couple weeks. They need him. He's wide receiver two for the playoffs, and uh, I think he's going over nineteen and a half. So there is uh, there's my uh, there's my little uh, little parlay cookings plus twelve hundred five legger. If you're looking for a super offer for Super Bowl fifty eight. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into two hundred instantly in bonus bets. You can go grab that uh, that five leg parlay that I grabbed uh, just now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet five bucks to get two hundred instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl Fifty Eight, with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Ooh, it's players of watch time, boys. Craig. I mean, it's Pacheco for me. Like, it really is Pacheco for me. Andy Reid is not afraid to run the ball, and Andy Reid is not afraid to break tendencies and lean on things a little bit more than he typically does. And as we'll get to here with our game predictions in a little bit, I think the game script favors the Chiefs trying to kill off the clock a little bit more. San Francisco 49ers are going to try and stack the box and going to try and stop Isaiah Pacheco, but they're not going to do it in a way that the Chiefs can't have advantageous angles, allow these guards to climb to the second level, and allow Isaiah Pacheco to have more yards before contact than he's been used to as of late. I think that they're going to get push against this 49ers defense. I think they're going to be able to run to some open spaces against this 49ers defense. And I think that Isaiah Pacheco is primed for a bigger day. Like, I want to say 
over 75 yards rushing and a tutty. Like, that is a great day for the Chiefs if he's able to do that. And I think some of those come with him killing off the game late with the Chiefs in control. I think that they're going to put the hand or the ball in the hands of Isaiah Pacheco plenty this week. And I just expect good performances against a San Francisco 49ers run defense that just frankly has not been good as of late. Players to watch, you say? Well, here's a guy with 156 playoff career receptions, over 1,800 yards and 19 touchdowns just in the playoffs. And we have mentioned his name one time in this podcast about what this Chiefs offense can do in this game. Of course, I'm talking about Travis Kelsey, the best tight end to ever suit up in the NFL. Yeah, the 49ers defense is great. And yeah, they have guys that play in general positions that can limit what Travis Kelsey does. But here it is. At the end of the day, he's still just better. He's better than everybody else. You look at what he's doing in the playoffs now after what was his worst season in a while during the regular season. Age, injuries, whatever it may be, he has been tearing it up in the playoffs already coming out with touchdowns he hasn't had under 70 yards yet each game has gotten better so far in the playoffs for Travis Kelsey like he is on an exceptional tear right now yeah the extra game is going to matter but a big game here if he matches his last game against the Ravens in this one this will be his best postseason performance ever just in terms of his stats like it'll be the best ever we haven't even got to the fact that Travis Kelsey is going up against a team that loves to play a lot of zone coverage and guess what there's one person that is better than every single other person in the NFL at finding spots in zone coverage, and his name is Travis Kelsey. I don't think he has to have the biggest game imaginable to have a huge impact, but he's going to have some plays. This is, I think, going to start a lot off like that Ravens game did. I think it's going to be Mahomes to Kelsey to start this game. He's going to get rolling early. If they need him late, he'll be there. Way too much zone coverage. Way too predictable on this 49ers team for me to not think that Travis Kelsey is going to come out and have a huge game in this one. Like it. Shocked that you went with Travis Kelsey. Absolutely shocked. Uh, We've gone this entire season almost, I think, without mentioning my player to watch. Uh, In any game preview that we've done ever, I don't know if we've ever talked about Harrison Butker. (laughs) (laughs) This is not the special teams podcast is on Saturday. Oh, that's right. Uh, my apologies. The one that never airs. <laughs> I look okay. So Jake Moody has made fifty percent of his field goals in twenty twenty four. He has missed one field goal in each playoff game. Harrison Butker, knock on wood, has not. He's been perfect in this in twenty twenty four. He has been perfect throughout the playoffs. And you know, I think as you're slowly stacking up advantages in the special teams when this game is close, if this game is close and just knowing the nature of the chiefs offense and how it's, how it's, you know, points are at a premium. I think Harrison Bucker is going to get some opportunities in the red zone or the, you know, the, the high red or outside the red zone to put points on the board for this team. So I think, I think he's a crucial factor in this game. I think he's got to go. I think he's got to be perfect. And, uh, I think if, if he is good, things are going to happen. So, uh, yeah, I'm going with Harrison Bucker. I'm invoking the kicker in the biggest game of the year. I think the Chiefs have a decided advantage on the kicker uh, situation here for this game. How many field uh, goals does Bucker have to make to be the Super Bowl MVP? No. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No. I don't think no. that's going to happen. But Tickets for Less has the best discounts available for chiefs tickets. So make sure you're using promo code KCSN when you're, when you're doing it, you will get the best available discount that they have, uh, on their entire site at tickets for less. Okay. Prediction time, folks. We got to have Maddie go second so we can sandwich chiefs predicting a, a win. Um, so Craig, Craig's first. Still catching strays about that film game. Still. (laughs) Grayson will be just ecstatic right now that that we even acknowledged it. Well, good news for everybody. My suit is dry cleaned. All of them are dry cleaned because I'm dressing up for trophy day. Yet again, the Chiefs have afforded me that luxury a lot recently. And I plan on rocking a full suit and tie 
yet again because I feel very confident in the Chiefs winning this football game. As we talked about this entire podcast, I think the Chiefs offense is going to score points. I think even if they get into the red zone where the San Francisco 49ers are very good, I think that they still punch in a score or two. And that might be enough because this Chiefs defense is so good. Yes, I realize how advanced the San Francisco 49ers offense could be. Kyle Shanahan is a hell of a coach. We just got done playing this game that we are playing right now against the Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens. Two offenses that have been exceptional this year as well. What did Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs defense do? Limit them. Create opportunities for their offense and allow their offense to play the game that they wanted to play for most of the day. I know that this graphic has gone around here, but the fewest points per game in the playoffs since 2000, that is 24 playoff appearances, 25 now uh, with, with this one here. The Kansas City Chiefs are fourth since 2000. The other defenses that are included in there are the Legion of Boom Seattle Seahawks from 2013, the Tampa 2 Tampa Bay Buccaneers from 2002, and the 2000s Baltimore Ravens. Those are game-changing defenses in the history of the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs are currently 0.4 points per game behind that. I think it goes down. I think at the end of this one, they will be number three because the San Francisco 49ers are only scoring 13 points in this game. And the Kansas City Chiefs offense is going to do enough. They are going to come out. They're going to be effective enough. They're going to score points. They score 27. The Chiefs win this one by two scores, 27 to 13. Mm. Okay. I like that. You got me thinking about these uh, defenses and stuff like that and how, like, the two of them have nicknames. And I was thinking, oh, what can the Chiefs, like, defensive nickname be? But then I realized the Ravens, that, that best defense of all time, did have a nickname. That's they sad. Have a nickname. That's yeah. sad. They're just they the 2000 Ravens. They just stand alone like the 70s. They all have 5.8 points per game in the playoffs. That's fix, unreal. Fix, fix it. That's that's the problem with your fan base. Your fan base can't let that go for 24 years without coming up with a nickname for the best defense of all time. Like It took Chiefs fans like a week to come up with a legion of Zoom when they had all these fast wide receivers. Come on, Ravens fans. Step your game up. That's why you're not playing in this game. On to the game prediction. Um, yeah, like I said, I, you know, I don't think the Chiefs are going to lose this game. I actually feel quite confident the Chiefs match up very well in this game, barring something going crazy off the rails. As the week has gone on, I have, you know, I can see paths for the 49ers to, to give up a good fight or to come out on top if things don't go well for the Chiefs. I don't expect it. I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win. So you can just already get out of here with Maddie, pick the bills and whatnot. The Chiefs, the Chiefs are winning this game, but I just, it boils down to this. Who was the better quarterback? The Chiefs do. Who has the better coaching staff? The Chiefs do. Chiefs. Who has the better defense? The Chiefs do. Who's better on special teams? The Chiefs. Like almost everything that you usually have that comes out and wins games in these big moments like this, and you think this is what's going to win you the Super Bowl. This is what's going to win you a big moment. It all falls on the Chiefs' side. And then yet still at the end of the day, anyone that picks the 49ers is going to pull up season-long stats and say, hey, look how good they were all year. They're going to pull up a depth chart and say, look at all these stars. But at the end of the day, like, is their offensive line even better? Not really. It's one guy and a bunch of dudes. Like, I, I don't know. So I just, I get it. The 49ers have a great roster right now. They really, really do. It's a very good team. They deserve to be in the Super Bowl. I just don't see where, when you start to really break it down, why they should win this particular game against the Kansas City Chiefs. I have a hard time getting where this 49ers team should beat this Kansas City Chiefs team if they play this game 10 out of 10 times. Or 10 times. You don't play it that many. You only play it once, so anything can happen. But they play 10 times. The Chiefs win well more than they lose. I believe that 100%. I have the Chiefs winning 27-21. to 21. The 49ers never have the ball with a chance to win the game. They get a late touchdown to make it a little bit closer. I was right there kind of in lockstep with Craig before he gave his score. I had the same score this morning on the radio, so I am not copying him. This is what I already had. 49ers never have a chance with the ball to win the game. I have found myself in the last 10 minutes being a lot more emotional than I thought I was going to be for this. And I don't know, like, I mean, I think there's a little bit of being numb. Thank, 
I, there's a little bit of being numb to this, not in a lack of appreciation, but in a, we've been through this a lot in the last five years. We, and we have done this specific show a lot in the yeah. last five years. <laughs> and so, I, and this happened a little bit last year too. I think I got kind of emotional at the end of this thing. Just, I don't know if it's just appreciation for you guys the listeners appreciation for two of my favorite people on the planet uh here on the show with me and i don't know i don't know what it is um but the reason that we've been doing this so long and getting to do this game specifically is a guy we really didn't spend very much time talking about on this show and it's patrick freaking mahomes patrick lavon mahomes and last year he went on a high ankle sprain and ran through the AFC, hands down the toughest side of this entire NFL, no bar none. And then he went and came back against the Philadelphia Eagles and played a perfect half of football. I don't think people, I try to remind people how on one Patrick Mahomes was before that Jags game, before he got on that high ankle sprain. And we have not seen anything less in this playoffs he has been exceptional he has been near perfect and i don't understand why anyone has the audacity to put the san francisco 49ers as favorites over the michael jordan of the national football league the best player this league has ever seen the fiercest competitor this league has ever seen he is somehow just continues to get just, I don't know if just, I dismissed a little bit in a sense that he's just, you know, people just kind of sit. We did it too in the show. We didn't talk about how Mahomes matches up or how Mahomes is going to handle or how, how Mahomes is going to do. Mahomes is the crockpot now. We said it and we forget it. He's just that good. And he's the reason this team is going to win this game. On Sunday, I got him putting three point uh, three uh, three touchdowns in the end zone, protecting the football, playing winning football. We're going 27-17. The Chiefs are winning this football game. That's going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Cannot wait to celebrate you with you next week, Kansas City, as the Chiefs win their third Super Bowl in five years. And the dynasty talk can start. And believe me, y'all don't want KC to have a dynasty because you think we talk now? Just you wait. We'll see you on Sunday. Y'all are going to be sad. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.